Hi, everybody. Well, Richard Hart here with Wendy O. Wendy O has a YouTube channel. She talks a lot about crypto. We did an interview once before, maybe six months ago. I was in Liechtenstein at the time. And uh, now we're going to do it again by popular request. Um, apparently, a bunch of people said we should do another one. So, Some guy said that he hated me but loved the interview, so you should do it anyway. I was like, oh, all right. That's uh, why yeah, you so hate me. Yeah, no, a couple people had said that. So, and I get a lot of emails about getting you back on and a bunch of comments, and I generally do that. Oh, we're live on my end. Nice. Welcome back to the O Show, everything crypto and NFTs every day. I am your host with the most, Wendy O, and I have a very special guest here today. I have Mr. Richard Hart. Um, he is the Hex guy. Is that right? Well, I mean, I might be the Pulse guy now. So the Hex okay. chat room just ticked over. Uh, I don't know. I think the Hex chat room's got like 40,000 people in it. And then like the Pulse chain chat room's got like 70,000 people in it. So there's like 50% more people in the Pulse chain chat room than the Hex chat room. Okay. And there was at least 130,000 unique addresses that sacrificed for free speech and freedom of movement at PulseX and Pulse chain. So I think the Pulse and PulseX communities are larger than the Hex communities now, which is interesting. Yeah. It's so much easier yep. to explain. Like people can't understand hex, but they understand pulse really easy. Yeah, we'll get into all that. But before we get started, I just want to let my audience know um, this is not sponsored. I am not being paid to be here with Richard. Richard is not being paid to be here with me. We're just kind of vibing. As far as people wanting to know if I hold hex or not, I remember I received, I might have received a little bit of an airdrop of hex many, many years ago. Unfortunately, I don't have access to that wallet anymore. Um, so I have nothing to dump on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> if people are wondering that. Um, so just so we get that clear, also too in my chat for my audience, if you're not respectful, my mods will throw you out. We don't tolerate any type of abuse or any mistreatment. If you don't like somebody, you don't like somebody's opinion, simply go somewhere else. Um, I'm from the streets, I don't tolerate that stuff. But um, so we're just gonna sit, we're gonna chat with Mr. Hart and we are going to kind of talk about what's going on with Pulse Chain. But before we do, Richard, can I ask you some other questions? Sure, yeah, go ahead. What'd you eat for breakfast today? Oh God, I had... Uh... Uh, chicken fingers drenched in hot sauce. For breakfast? Yes. Okay. okay. Tasted really good. <laughs> but it's so not healthy. It's like well, the I least mean, healthy chicken, thing. It's okay because it's got chicken, right? Oh, yeah, totally. That's I'm, My body's a temple, you know? Okay. I did, I did a, before the, like, I, I do a, I take a picture of my outfit. It's like, today, this is a Burberry silk outfit. I don't know. It's like 3,000, 4,000 bucks, something like that. And uh, I always just take a picture for why not right and then i was like oh well, i'll do i'll do a little video of my workout today so I, like record the videos doing the bench and then i look at the video and my belly's hanging out i'm like god this looks disgusting i can't use this <laughs> this is terrible i gotta wear black shirts only for this part of the workout it was pretty funny it happens yeah well i'll let you know what i'm wearing i don't know what this is a some fancy designer but i got it for 40 dollars at the thrift store it was brand new and these pants are from the thrift store and mostly everything i wear is from the thrift store but i do like designer stuff but i would try to get it used because i'm a mom and we have to save money because uh, that's what mom's doing my daughter actually drew that little picture of me in the back by baby yoda that's of nice yoda. i grew up i grew up all up in the goodwill man like we would my family would we love the goodwill my grand my grandfather used to dumpster dive and like find really? yeah and then I would get gifts like out of the dumpster. It was weird. What like, was, no, it's not weird at all. It's not eh. weird at all. What was your what, <laughs> in hindsight, it's, it's not weird. It's weird. It's actually very common in LA. I used to actually work in a thrift store out here and we would get dumpster divers. We would have to lock them up because they would make a big mess. But what was your biggest what was your what was your favorite um, gift that your grandpa gave you? 
Well, I mean, he didn't really give me too much memorable things. Like, I can't actually uniquely remember one, you know? Like, they're just, they were unremarkable, and I was quite young at the time, so. Okay. I think one was, like, white plastic and rolled, and then, like, as it rolled, little bubbles would pop up. Like, it would, like, have a spring, it would pop up things. And, like, a a snow globe, but on a roller. So, you, like, roll it, and then the snow globe's popping up things. I don't know. That's my only memory. Maybe he got me, actually, he might have got me a spring rocking horse, too. It was, like, a horse on four springs, you know? You just go crazy on it. Yeah, we used to think that we were going places, but we were really just stagnant. (laughs) One time I actually saw a house fire try and start. I had like this plastic bag uh, or plastic like little crate, little milk carton looking thing. And I had uh, a towel in there and some uh, of those things that you put in a a pop gun, like a little roll of things that like have gunpowder and they snap. Like, you know, can't remember what they're called Mm -hmm. now. And I had a D battery in there, a couple D batteries. That thing fell off the shelf. And the D batteries popped the little little pop strip thing and it caught the talon fire. And I was like, oh, look at that. This is how house fires start right here. Like this this fell down and created fire. Like, and then, you know, now I'm very careful. Like I watch out for, is this going to fall and do something, you know? It's a good lesson yeah. to learn really early it on is. in life. It is. I have one more question before I ask you about Pulse. Sure. Actually two more, but this one. I want, I want your thoughts on what's happening with UST and... Terra Luna. <laughs> Can I ask that? I just yeah, did. it's so easy. <laughs> well, I mean, so, God, how much of this should I say? Give me, give me if a you, rant. Okay, if if you have a stable coin and you attempt to back that stable coin with stuff, and you have the option of more valuable stuff or less valuable stuff, more valuable stuff is better. And so what he did, his centralized decision-making, single guy decision, apparently, I don't know. He, uh, he decided that he would FOMO the top, against my advice, by the way. I told everyone it was a top a year ago. I was right. Everyone else was wrong. My top call has been in profit every single day for over like a year and a month now, except for one day where it made a fake out. And then Will you be my paid again. group leader? No, but you can just copy my stuff for free if you want. So like, it, you know, so he buys the top, just like Michael Saylor bought the top, just like the NFT guys bought the top. They don't understand that these are market cycles. And I believe in the 85% dip. It happens. And I've been through many of them and people just don't think they're possible. New paradigm. You're like, yeah, new paradigm. Wrong. You guys, the noobs bought the top and who's going to buy after you? So, you know, he takes his stable coins that he had and swaps them for Bitcoin. And then his uh, peg gets attacked by a bunch of people selling the UST for other stuff. And then he has to defend the peg. So he bought it like 48 and sold it like 36. And so now he just has less reserves left. And so you can't, you cannot make the backing of a stable coin stronger by getting wrecked trading. It doesn't make sense. Okay. And, and, it, and it's very like... <laughs> Hey, guys, the world's richest guy in the world just bought. It's even legal in some countries. We're early. No, no, you're not early. You're late. You guys are the last to buy. I bought and mined for free at 50 cents. I bought at 30 and then got wrecked and it went down to two, but I didn't sell, so yay. But like, you know, it, it's just, they're, they're stupid. Like Michael Saylor said Bitcoin was going to fail in 2013 and hasn't deleted the tweet, just like online gaming did. I had huge bags of Bitcoin. And then uh, now he's wrecked. He's, he's 
almost underwater. His average cost basis, I believe, is 31000 He was underwater yesterday, underwater with other people's money, and underwater with leverage. He took on leverage to get long at 46 or 48 He took on leverage. He encumbered his Bitcoin that he has to get more Bitcoin at a higher price. And now he has to, he gets liquidated at 21K. And so I think the price will go down to 11K. Do you, do you think he took out collateralized loans? Yeah, he bragged he about it. He tweeted okay. about it and bragged about it. You know, he took on 200 million of leverage from Silvergate Bank uh, with a Bitcoin collateralized loan. And it's just reflexivity. So now instead of never being, never having to get liquidated, now you've got a leverage position. And what are the three ways smart people go broke? Liquor, ladies, leverage. And I tweeted it underneath all the news articles right when it happened and then like other people challenge me so like this guy uh, that has a paid newsletter everybody that has a paid newsletter gets wrecked it's hilarious to me uh my like newsletter to wendy's white paper is free nice. my newsletter wendy's white paper is 100 percent free and i fund it all and we just i let my guys talk about whatever they want to talk about that they're interested in yeah. it's, but it's doing okay so this guy raul paul he's like a legacy guy apparently he's got a lot of money he literally tweets eight months ago I am irresponsibly long Ethereum. This is the largest position I've ever had in my life. It is 10 times larger than any position I've ever had before. I, you know, and he thinks the price is going to go up. And I'm like, no, you're going to get wrecked. And I posted it right there. This is how smart men go broke. Liquors, ladies, or leverage. Same post for him. And then we just wait. We wait eight months. And now the Ethereum price when he did that was 4,800. Now the Ethereum price is 2,200. I was right, he was wrong, and I, and I do this over and over and over and over again for years, and I break these noobs over my knee. I break their spines. There's a trail of dead bodies for people that were wrong. And, and people like to talk trash. There was only like two coins that ever tried to approach Hex's gains ever, SafeMoon and uh, Luna. Wrecked, wrecked, they're destroyed, and Hex is doing great. If you'd bought Hex, instead, if you'd sold Bitcoin the day I called top and bought Hex, you'd still be up tenfold your money right now. Maybe eightfold. Um, 100% perfect flawless operation. Well, everyone else cries and get wrecked. So, and that's just Hex and, and people, whatever. You don't like Hex? We could talk about Pulse. That's fine. Pulse is the well, world's no. largest free airdrop, so they'll like it. We're going <clears> to talk. <throat> we're going to talk about all of it, but I just no. I like to I like to ask questions. Oh yeah. So 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 the Luna guy. So basically now what he has, and by the way, the Luna price collapsed like 50% over the last week or more. Um, essentially managed stablecoin with insufficient reserves where the guy managing it gets wrecked within one week or, or, or like three weeks, it's not a recipe for success. Um, you know, and if you, if you look at a stablecoin, a stablecoin backed by crypto, it like, you know, I'm probably going to release a stablecoin at some point. So I don't want to give away all the tricks, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like wanna, he's doing a lot of things wrong. I was actually going to ask you. I was going to say, ask you if Hex or Pulse Chain is going to is planning on doing a stable coin. Well, sure. Or I mean, I attack things by order of value, right? So, you know, every, like what is the most valuable thing in crypto? Layer one networks. Okay. What what is the most valuable use case in crypto? Value storage. All right, Hex. Uh, what's something that's not monetized in crypto that is monetized in legacy markets? Time value of money. Okay, that's Hex. Oh, what about trading? All right, we got Pulse X for that. What about wallets? We're working on that. I got a full-time guy working on that. I've got about 14 devs now. Two or three of okay. them st are still not on ramp because they've got to wait the 30 days with their previous employer. Um, and then like OpenSea replacement, which someone else is already doing in the, in the Pulse community, but if there's still a ton of money in it, it'll probably just do it anyway. Um, like, yeah, I just, I look, I'm like, all right, who's, who's killing it? Let's go do that. 
because we can do better than all these guys. Like they just all their stuff all sucks. It's always down. You know, they just don't know how to do things right. But we Why do. Why do you think their stuff sucks? Well, it's always down and broken and doesn't work and gets wrecked and the price is terrible. Luna wrecked, SafeMoon wrecked, Bitcoin wrecked, Ethereum wrecked. You know, Ethereum has been down 95% since hexes existed. Has it ever been down 95% since it's had a market? No. But, but Ethereum has. Ethereum, right? Ethereum isn't down 90. Well, it's not down 90. No, it went from 1400. No, it went from 1400 down to 88. That, well, was, yeah, an eight, that was a 95% drop. Yeah, but that wasn't yes. that long ago, right? Like, I'm not going to forget it happened. Well, of course. No, I'm not saying to forget it happened. Yeah. It's important. Um, yeah. It's interesting you're talking about the collateralized loans. I, I personally feel like collateralized loans are the reason why we've seen a lot of, uh, why we've seen Bitcoin do so well. I was actually considering on taking a collateralized loans out to help avoid taxes or to help decrease them a little bit. But um, I actually found my notebook when I sat down with the company I was going to take one with and they were kind of pushing it, which was fine. But I'm, you know, I'm, I, I've got a little bit of street smarts. Um, so I, it was back um, at the peak, May of 2021, when we were at like 65,000 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I says, you know, I'm not going to do this because then my liquid, I'm, I'm going to get liquid, I'm going to end up getting liquidated. And well, sure enough, I'm glad thing. that I did. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that I didn't. The only way I would take out a collateralized <clears throat> loan is when we're down like 50 to 70%. I would feel comfortable your, then. Your risk would be a lot lower at that point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and that's and this is the other thing that's so funny to me. I see all these people posting like, "What? Was, how did you know it was the top? What was your top sign?" And then it's like me calling the top and drawing the chart for you and telling it to you. That was the actual top sign. Me. I did it last cycle too. I did it in 2017 as well. I was the top indicator. And then people are like posting like, you know, Jimmy Fallon put like a ape picture as his, his profile pic or like you know, uh, <laughs> it just it, they're more funny I guess than me just actually calling the top. And sticking well, with it the whole time, like do you, even do on you the own balance. any NFTs? Nope, not a single one. But I'm gonna make an NFT. I own the world's largest diamond, so I'm gonna make an NFT out of that because if people want to buy JPEGs for exorbitant prices, go ahead. Um, but like, I I don't believe in overpaying for intellectual property that you don't actually own. It doesn't make sense okay. to me. What happens if it was an artist? What happens if my five-year-old said, Mr. Hart, would you mm-hmm. buy a part of one of my songs as an NFT? Uh, I mean, your five-year-old probably makes crap songs, so definitely not. Excuse I'd rather buy the me, Wu-Tang sir. album. Excuse me, sir. It's two million. My daughter, my five-year-old <laughs> daughter is obsessed with Outlaw Country. She can sing you right. Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, Emmy Lou Harris, Marty Robbins, and she plays six string too. I didn't, when I look at you, I didn't think country. I thought Outlaw like country. death metal. Well, we do death metal too, but she, we do misfits and all that stuff. But she, my daughter is very adamant about Outlaw country. She I'm, will tell you pop country sucks. I'm willing to receive her MP3 to evaluate its value. Okay, but like, that's it fine. just, how many, if, if there was a guy that bought uh, Jack, the guy who founded Twitter, his like first tweet NFT, he paid like yeah. uh, 2.2 million or something. He tried to sell mm-hmm. it. He got 10 grand. That's because it's Jack. That's because it's Jack. Well, I'm just saying he's down 2.2 million on his 2.2 million. He got wrecked. Well, that was, that was the only something story. that like, was this, ridiculous. This just, no, but they're all going to do know. that. They're in the bear market, I, the things that go to zero first are the Ponzi's and the next thing are the NFTs. I don't know. I disagree with you on that you, one. Were you here for Crypto Kitties? Huh? Were you here for Crypto Kitties? Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't well versed enough to get it, but of what course. What changed? It's the huh? same crap, except instead of cats, it's monkeys. It's the same no, crap. Well, y- yes and no, but the, the you can't IP even breed the monkeys. Have you, you heard the story the about the Ramones? Cats. Have you heard the no. story about the Ramones? No. Would you like to? Are know? they still alive? 
Some of them. I okay. think one of them. Were. Okay. So a very good friend of mine lived in the, was actually very good friends with them. They played music together. Mm-hmm. They lived in the same apartment building on Franklin. The Ramones sold their merchandising rights back in the 70s or 80s for like $100,000. So any Ramones shirt that you see, none of their friends or family, anybody associated with them gets it because they were all, you know, party animals and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I personally believe that NFTs could have changed that scenario. And instead of selling your entire merchandising rights, you could have sold or sold part of it and then gotten royal, had the smart contracts drawn up for royalties and et cetera. So I always tell that story um, because it's super important because everybody sees Ramon shirts everywhere and half the people wearing them have no idea who they are. I, I think NFTs are awesome if you don't pay for them. Like if you're making NFTs and selling them to people, congrats. But if you're buying NFTs and you're overpaying, like if they're, it, like when you get a hat in Team Fortress 2 and you pay for it, you got exactly what you were paying for and you don't try and sell it for a billion dollars later. It's just all pseudo gambling. Like Not necessarily. It, you just said your grandpa was a dumpster diver. Did he used to resell the stuff that he got? I think so, I guess. Okay. Actually, I don't know Same that part, concept. but I assume so. Um, Same concept. Yeah. Except you can't get wrecked dumpster diving. Like you, it's very hard to overpay diving into the trash can. Your it's time. free. As long as we understand that we are comparing NFT activity to dumpster diving, I'm fine with the conversation. It's okay framing okay. for me. Okay. <laughs> like, so guess what? Like... The way I was able to pay for community college, the way I put myself through community college is I was able to go thrift store shopping and I would buy used designer goods and then I would resell them on eBay. Nice. And to me, to me, that's how that's a similar mentality with some of these NFTs. That is, you wait for you know you wait for them to drop and then you resell them on the secondary market, et cetera. Some of them could be rare vintage things that may be worth value later on. Um, but I just I just see a lot of different use cases I, for artists and creators with NFTs. I agree with that's that. My hill. But just remember, I love music men. The, the the number of artists that will be helped out by NFTs is probably like a hundred or two hundred total since it's like inception for years. And the number of people that will get wrecked buying the top is like 100 or 200,000. And so as far as like human, like helping the humans, the amount of horror created by pretending that serial numbers loosely related to JPEGs that may or may not still even be hosted on the internet because they don't even upload them to the, the stupid blockchain most of the time. It's, it's, it just wrecks the humans. Like it's not, and then, they, and then they're out of crypto for good and they don't participate anymore. Whereas if you have a, a product with a, a durable product market fit that, that continues to provide a service like tr- on, on-chain exchange, trading, removing counterparty risk, that's always going to be massively value. Um, you know, time monetiz- uh, monetizing time value money, always going to be valuable. Replacing uh, the fiat currencies that, ev- that everyone's being robbed by constantly, always have value. You know, these, these are things that have durability, but games people will always get bored of. They will always get bored of them. And so, Leave like, my Sonic the Hedgehog and Mortal Kombat alone. I love Mortal Kombat, but I have to tell you, I haven't played it in probably 15 or 20 years. At least well, my favorite should. one, the first one. You should. You, who is your favorite character? I would, I would play a lot of Sub-Zero because you could get people in a, a pretty good loop with it. But Johnny Cage punching people in the balls over and over again was pretty great, too. Um, <laughs> Sub-Zero. I'm very attracted to Sub-Zero and Scorpion. They have a very similar mask. I like their mask a lot. I actually have a face mask that's very similar to that for just like getting into places in lockdown it's nice it's it's a it's a it's a a, uh, a balmain face mask it looks so awesome it looks like the sub-zero one but it's got balmain monogram on it okay all right let's get let's get started with some of the why the people are here so sure. 
just really quickly, tell everybody in like two minutes, tell everybody what Hex is sure. um, because there's a big issue. People call Hex a scam. Personally, you guys, yep. I don't care what you invest in. If you guys want to invest in Hex, great. If you want to invest in Coin X. B one two three. I don't care. I support everybody's right to choose to invest their money wherever they want to put it. I don't care. I am just here chatting with somebody about their particular project because this is how I learn the best. And if I have an opportunity to sit down with somebody and learn, why wouldn't I? So, uh, hex quite simply is Bitcoin with a proof of work change. So Bitcoin pays you to destroy the environment. Uh, it only rewards you for doing SHA two five six mining, which is extremely energy intensive on purpose. Instead of calling it proof of work, you could call it proof of waste because if it wasn't wasteful uh, and it was useful, then you could like reduce the cost of an attack by selling the utility. Um, but since it's totally wasteful, you can't sell the utility, so it makes the ex attacks more expensive. Um, it's, it's, I'm not going to go into the, the game theory of it, but like that's why you see a lot more attacks with botnets because there's side utility to having CPUs, and then you can just rotate what you attack because you already have a botnet you can make money with in normal life. But you know, with SHA-256 mining, you can't do anything else with your SHA-256 miners. So if you're going to buy them, they can only be used for Bitcoin. And then since you've invested so much in the hardware, why destroy the network, which is the only thing that gives those things utility, which is why you don't see 51% attacks in Bitcoin anyway. So I guess I did go into it. So with Hex, we just replaced uh, paying people to destroy the environment. So Bitcoin pays you inflation. People think Bitcoin's deflationary. It's not. It inflates. That's how it went from no coins in 20, 2009. There were zero coins. And now there's, you know, 19 million coins. That's how it happened, by inflating it. I've inflated it myself, full blocks on my own, no pool. Um, 50 Bitcoin block rewards at the time. So in Hex, we reward uh, people to store energy in the system, which causes positive price pressure. So in Bitcoin, miners are paid to dump the price to enrich mining hardware companies and electricity companies. And it's how the security model works. They don't have a choice. In Hex, we piggybacked an existing network already eating that horror, which is the Ethereum network. They already get their price dumped by miners the same way Bitcoin miners do. They already harm the environment just like Bitcoin miners do. But since they were already doing all that, we can pack our transactions on top of the Ethereum network for what used to be pennies and get all of the same uh, protection against 51% attacks and things. Um, and get interoperability with online exchanges or on-chain exchanges and just all types of great stuff came with it. And we don't have the negative price pressure of having to sell down the price constantly to pay for electricity. And Is that because it's locked up? No, it's just because we don't have miners. There's no miners to pay. So we don't have to pay for network security because Ethereum's already paying for it. So the Ethereum network's already secure. It's free for us to piggyback on top of it. We don't have to pay our own block rewards. So instead, of having that negative externality of environmental destruction and enriching weird companies in the middle of nowhere that you've never heard of before, like Bitmain, um, we just pay that inflation directly to stakers and enrich those guys. And because there's no negative externalities, the inflation in our system, which is lower than Bitcoin's ever was when it went up to 20K. So when Bitcoin's at 20K, the first time the inflation rate was 3.89%. It used to be many folds higher because it had already cut in half twice. So in, in our system, we start at 3.69% and you only get paid at the end of your stake. And since the average stake is six and a half years long, this inflation is extremely delayed in the future, extremely low. And since there's no negative externalities, you see people just restaking it. I mean, the amount of people that just have, you know, $100 million and just restake it is, is very high. So people treat it like a, a real store of value. They peel off what they want to be rich and then they just keep getting richer. And that's where they're storing their energy. At least that's what, what it looks like. So... 
it's just Bitcoin with the proof of work change. Instead of using Bitcoin miners, we use Ethereum miners. And instead of inflating to destroy the environment, we inflate to protect the price by rewarding people that delay gratification longer. That's it. Isn't, but isn't that system kind of like, wouldn't somebody call that a Ponzi? Well, they would call everything a Ponzi, but they're just they're inaccurate, right? So like uh, human life is a Ponzi. When you get old and you can't take care of yourself anymore, you have offspring that's going to take care of you. Well, what if you don't have anyone to take care of you? Okay. Uh, the stock market only goes up if the next guy buys. The value well, we all know of, that the stock market is a, is, is a regulated Ponzi, 100%. Well, just it's like everything. This, this concept that the price of stuff goes up when people buy it is like, yes, that's, that's how supply and demand works. Yes. Correct. When, like, and then if people stop having demand, the price goes to zero, like eight track tapes. They're not worth anything now. You know, and so this idea, the, the thing that people have to understand is that creating things that appreciate in value is the core of what business is. Business by definition is creating a system to accrue value for shareholders, period. And a well-designed cryptocurrency is a system which accrues value for the people that own parts of it. They're very similar in that way. There's just decentralization. So the Howey test controls what is and isn't a security, and it states quite simply that a security is when people put money into a common pool with the expectation of profit solely from the work of others. And so as a Bitcoin miner, who's, who's giving you your Bitcoin? You're giving them to yourself. You are creating them yourself out of thin air. The fruit of your own labor is creating Bitcoin out of thin air, which is why Bitcoin is not a security. Okay, in Hex, who gives you your Hex? You give you your Hex. Does anyone else give you your Hex? Nope. You're the only person in the entire world that can mint your hacks, just like a Bitcoin miner. Except instead See, of destroying I, the environment, you're locking I up the coins. I, I disagree with that because I think the how. First off, I think the Howey test is stupid, and I think it's outdated because we're talking about something that is a little bit, you know, we're talking about laws from 1933 or 1930s um, where we didn't have fax machines, computers, and all that type of stuff. I don't think we and have fax machines talking, anymore either. <laughs> well, we're old. In healthcare, you have to use <laughs> I know. them. Yeah, I know. Some lawyer crap too, but sure. Most people, but yeah, but, yeah. but I'm, what I'm saying is, is that we're talking about Bitcoin, like we're talking about Bitcoin miners, you know, they, you know, they're looking to make a profit because they're kind of essentially kind of facilitating that transaction for somebody that wants to send it and kind of the same with hex, but a little bit differently from the way that you explain it, is that you're locking it up. And if you want to pull some out, um, when that period, but you don't ends, have to lock it, the price went okay. up a million percent without locking it. Did you need to lock it? The price went up I 1 thought million you did percent. Have to lock it. No, no. The vast majority of coins are not locked, which is why the payouts for locking are so high. Only 10% of coins are locked, which is why you can get, or currently the stakers are making an average of around 40%. Now, as a new guy coming in, you're going to get less because they got better share prices because the share price only goes up over time to simulate compounding interest. Up, up over time in hex terms, you know, it moves around based on the, the USD price. So when the price of something goes up a million percent, do you really care about your extra 40%? It's nice. It's awesome, but you don't need it. It's the minority of the gains. So somebody, like basically, if you took Bitcoin network and replaced the Bitcoin miners with Ethereum miners and then told them in instead of doing SHA-256, you're going to lock up coins to get inflation. That's it. That's all. That's it. It's a proof of work change. We use proof of weight instead of proof of work. Okay. All right. Fair, fair enough. Now let's talk about pulse chain. What sure. the hell is pulse chain? Oh, why, awesome. why actually i want to know why what is pulse chain and then i want to know why um you have hex and now there's pulse chain sure is there a need for two projects oh god yes they all amplify each other every one of my projects amplifies the other projects educate me enlighten me sure so uh do you wish gas fees on ethereum were cheaper yes that's me why too. i use layer two solutions it's there you go 
So the only way to reduce the price of a thing is to increase its supply or reduce its demand. That's it, period, finito. Well, uh, Ethereum has been talking about increasing their supply for a really long time with sharding. It's about eight years late or six years late, or some number of very years late. So they're gonna do ETH 2.0. You wanna know a funny secret people don't know about ETH 2.0? I think that ETH 2.0 is one of the biggest jokes in the space because they keep moving the date. I get I get that technology takes a while to perfect, but at the same time, it's like you've got so much effing money that you've raised from the sale or whatever the heck you were doing. Why are we taking so long to do this? Well, it's a tragedy. Well, I, I mean, so basically... Tell me the secret. Well, the secret is that Ethereum 2.0, this merge that they say is going to be occurring, doesn't increase the capacity of the network at all, and therefore doesn't give you cheaper transactions at all. So eventually, one day, maybe they hope to get sharding into Ethereum 2.0. And then maybe that day, maybe if it ever happens, you might get cheaper gas fees. And so what I'm doing is I'm adding capacity now so that gas fees can come down now. So this is, Pulse Chain is so awesome. It's so miraculous. Is so it your baby? It, it is just a miracle that someone didn't already do it. It's a miracle that someone left this opportunity for me to do. So we've got people, somebody just minted NFTs like last week. They paid $100 million in gas fees. That's $100 million that could have stayed in their community and pump price. But instead, it's going to miners and what are they gonna do it? Blow up the environment. Good job, guys, you idiots. <laughs> Like Pulse Chain solves this. So we don't have proof of work. We use proof of stake, which by the way, is what Ethereum 2.0 is trying to get to, but we're gonna beat them to market with it. I mean, we're very close. We're very close to launching. Testnet's been running good for months. Um, so we, we remove the negative price pressure of miners dumping to pay for electricity, remove the environmental harm. Instead of paying miners a block reward, we pay validators 75% of the fees and the other 25% get burnt. So it's deflationary. There's no inflation to pay validators. They only get 75% of the fees. The other 25% gets burnt. And so the more transactions that happen, the more positive price pressure you get because you're reducing supply. You're just burning 25% of all the fees. Now you get higher throughput, which also uh, so the transactions are three-second blocks instead of 13-second blocks. So you've got four times the throughput just for block times. But you can also have higher gas limits as well because you've got less validators and they don't have to coordinate over so many nodes. And you have stronger nodes on average because there's less nodes, etc. So you've got higher throughput, lower fees, world's largest free airdrop. When Ethereum 2.0 comes out, you're not going to get any free coins. But when Pulse Chain comes out, you're going to get a copy of all of your coins that you have on Ethereum network on the Pulse network for free. You don't have to do anything. You click one button, your MetaMask pops up, says you want to change networks. You click yes, you're on the new network. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. Everything just works. You might, you might have to add uh, you know, an ERC-20, like paste the address in there. And we've even got a tool that helps you do that. So what else is awesome about it? Now we've reduced the load on the Ethereum network. And you don't have to use bridges. So let's talk about bridges. bridges $600 million yeah. was lost to the Axie Infinity hack bridge. Mm -hmm. $300 million was lost to the Solana wormhole bridge hack. $6 billion was at risk in the uh, Polygon bridge, but they caught it before anyone used it. How many, there's like roughly a billion dollars, let's say, of money lost to bridge attacks. In our system, you don't have to use the bridge because you already have your coins on the other side because you already got them for free. Now, if you want to bridge over, you can, but you don't have to. It's a superior design system. 
let's say another thing about Ethereum 2.0 that's trying to do proof of stake, but they're doing it improperly. They're rewarding centralization. They're rewarding you giving your keys to someone else. $100 million of Ethereum users gave their keys to some company, Fireblocks. Fireblocks lost the keys. They lost $100 million of people's money that were supposed to be uh, staking for Ethereum 2.0 because in Ethereum 2.0, there's no delegation. You have to have 32 ETH to become a validator and you have to run your own server hardware. And if your server's ever offline, you lose money. Oops, hope you like being a system admin. And so what does everyone do? They give their ETH to someone else. And what does that person do? They lose the keys or they steal the money. And so well, Ethereum yeah, it's not two, decentralization. It's, it's, it's not the decentralization opposite. at all. In our system, it's delegated. You don't have to give your keys to anyone. You just delegate. And then if you don't like who you delegate it to, you change it to somebody else. You hold your keys, nobody else. It's perfect. I have a, I have a question for you. So what if Ethereum dies? What happens to Hex? Oh, it goes to and zero. What happens to Pulse Chain? It all goes to zero. Huh? Well, I mean, actually, it doesn't all go to zero because Pulse Chain. Well, I mean, what if someone shot me in the head during the live stream? I'd be dead. These questions are very stupid. But, but I'll try and answer them seriously anyway. Uh, if Ethereum died, Pulse Chain would probably be even more valuable. Well, the reason why I ask these questions, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. The reason why I ask these questions is mm -hmm. because I'm not the most tech savvy person in the world. Oh, sure. And, okay. a, lot of, and a lot of my audience is not the most yeah. tech savvy people. Yeah. And most people in the world are not tech savvy. So mm -hmm. it's important for me to ask sometimes to break yeah, sure. these, these yep. complex ideas down in a very, very simple to understand way so people can come back and they can say, okay, this makes sense to me now. So that's why I ask these types of questions. That's why yeah, I if, always you know, ask these If the Ethereum network goes down, then you can enjoy your your uh coins on the pulse chain network if the ethereum network okay. and the pulse chain network goes down go make them work again <laughs> like I, don't, I mean failures in blockchain projects are often just pauses so you never you very rarely see everyone just lose all their money their coins you'll see people lose the us dollar value of their coins that happens a lot but you will not see people just like lose their coins usually okay for you to like lose your coins and for the network to stay down forever you basically just need to get hacked and lose your keys or, or, or fall for someone telling you that they're an admin and you need to give them your keys or whatever, your recovery seed words. And if you give them your recovery words, your recovery phrase, then yes, you're going to lose all your money. But other than that, like nobody just loses their coins. It never happens. Like I'm never, I'm, I, it's, it's extremely rare. I mean, what, like very rare. Well, unless somebody rug pulls. Well, that's what I mean. You lose the US dollar value of your coins. That's very common, but you'll still have the stupid worthless coins. So you're, you still have coins. They're just not worth any real money. So rug pulls are very common, sure. Yeah. What, Which is uh, why I don't promote anything but stuff I built for the most part. So is Hex, or excuse me, is Pulse Chain is essentially a layer two solution for nope. Ethereum? No. It's a full-on copy of Ethereum. We're beating Ethereum 2.0 to market with their own feature set, except better. So, But it's built on top of Ethereum? Nope. Uh-uh. Layer one. Okay. Hex is built on top of Ethereum. So is it its own blockchain? Exactly. It is its own blockchain. And I can use MetaMask with Pulse Chain yes. if I did decide to invest. Absolutely. Yep. But you don't have to do anything. It doesn't matter. Like, just when the mainnet comes live, which hopefully 14 days, then uh, it might be the last. I don't know. It depends. It's software. It's hard. Um, you, you just use it. You, you don't have to do anything. You, you don't have to sign up. You don't, like, it just works. You click one button, you click yes in MetaMask, it switches you over to the Pulse Chain network. You add your ERC-20s, trade if you want. They've also, we have an exchange called PulseX, and it's similar to Uniswap, except the fees are lower. So instead of 0.3%, you pay 0.29, and uh, it, it burns 22% of the fees and causes, it buy and burns up the PulseX token 
uh, for 22% of the fees, 21.7, I believe. So, you know, these new tokens I'm designing are purely deflationary, no inflation. It's awesome, you know? Um, and unlike the uni token where the uni token from Uniswap literally has no connection to the trading whatsoever. None. You trade has nothing to do with the uni token. In this system, when you trade, the PulseX token receives buy and burn pressure from that. So it's a more honest, more direct, it's, it's just better. So PulseX is better than Uniswap and Pulse Chain is better than Ethereum. I feel like Uniswap, I feel like their token was for their liquidity pools on the platform, but realistically you really didn't need it because you can get liquidity from the community and you can lock up some of your coins for liquidity and do all of that other stuff. Well, I can tell you that story. It's an interesting story, actually. Let's hear it. Uniswap was vampire attacked by a project called SushiSwap. And so what Sushi did was they said, you know what, if you move over your LP tokens from Uni and you, and you put them in, if, if you move your liquidity from Uni into Sushi instead, we're gonna, you're gonna make fees, but you're also gonna make this extra token. And that was the vampire attack, is you give people an extra token to get them to do something that they were already doing anyway, but somewhere else. And the funny part is that that behavior kind of looks similar to what we're doing to the whole Ethereum network. You want lower fees, you want higher throughput, you want the same ticker symbols. We got all that right here. Click a button. And here's this exchange PulseX, which has an incentive token to reward you for providing liquidity between your ERC20 or your, or your Ethereum and your PRC20 or your Pulse. And now you can make fees when people trade between these two networks. So if you've got, let's say, Link or SHIB or Hex or something on the Ethereum network, you can bridge that into the Pulse Chain network, pair it with your free coins that you got copied, and you're likely, I mean, who knows what'll happen in the beginning, prices will probably move around a lot, but over time, I think that you'll see that maybe they find like a kind of common ratio of Ethereum ERC20 to PRC20 value, and that reduces your liquidity loss, your, your impermanent loss as a liquidity provider. Because like if you, if you just tie two things that really just stay the same value against each other, you're just making fees with no impermanent loss. But if the price moves a lot, you don't like that as an LP because you sold the thing that went up and bought the thing that went down basically. So, and you're hoping the price comes back down so that you're left with, with profit. So, it, you know, it's basically the world's largest free airdrop. Now look, even if I didn't let all these other coins get a free ride, which I did, I didn't have to include all the other ERC20s in the world, but I gave them a free ride. Points. Yeah, I gave them a free ride out of kindness in my heart. I could have just let this be for hexagons. This could have been a hex only network and it would have saved hexagons from paying all these stupid gas fees which are exorbitant. I mean, there are coins on Ethereum that can no longer function because the prices are too expensive. We are here to save those guys. We're here to reduce Ethereum's fees, save the users, re-enable use cases have been disabled, reduce centralization by giving people delegated proof of stake instead of centralized, which is what Ethereum's doing. Like, reduce harm to the environment. It's just so good on so many layers, and there's no inflation, it's deflationary only. It's like amazing. So Pulse Chain is absolutely fabulous question so let's say that there's a dying project on ethereum an erc20 mm -hmm. DeFi project from mm -hmm. 2020 because let's face it most of those projects went bye-bye mm -hmm. sure and we call that we call that actually on my channel i told my audience and i tell my audience all the time create a moon bag if you don't know what a moon bag is it's when your number goes up you remove initial investment and you remove profit you can stake and farm do whatever the hell you want with the rest but we talk about that a lot risk management on the show i think it's important in poker um, they call so it playing with house money it's the same thing but it's just a cute way to say it sure all right Thank you. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> so <laughs> with so basically a project can say, oh my God, I'm a DeFi summer of 2020 project. I'm dying. Richard Hart, please save me. So they can basically go ahead and use Pulse Chain instead and leave Ethereum behind and be saved. Well, you're going to have a lot less fees. I mean, right now, I mean, yesterday it was $30 to do a Uniswap swap. That sucks. To, to, to have a $30 penalty to on-ramp a user to your project sucks. What if they only want to put in 20? So now it costs them 50 and they only get, or like it's, if they want to put in 20, they got to put in 50 and then out of their 50, they're only left with 20 because you paid 30 to Uniswap. It sucks. You know, the fees are right. too high. And Ethereum used to talk about how the fees are too high in Bitcoin all the time. And now the fees on Ethereum are higher than the fees on Bitcoin. And Correct. you're like, well, man, and it's just supply and demand. It's because Ethereum is a more useful network. It has more demand. I think it has more users as well. Um, it's, it's, that's, if you want more supply, I'm building the more supply. You know, when you go to your gas station, you know what they do when the gas station's filled up? They build another gas station. They don't wait 10 years to build new gas station technology. No, they just horizontally scale, build more gas stations, build more restaurants. It works great. works fabulous. That's question. what I'm doing. No. Well, I've got lots of questions. Hmm? What's the minimum requirement to stake and start earning Pulse Chain? And the, the ticker for that is PLS, correct? Yeah, there's no minimum. Okay. And you got to choose where you're going to stake. You can stake natively in the network uh, by delegating somebody else. You become a validator, but there's only 33 slots, um, and you have to run a server. So that sucks as a job for most people. Uh, you can stake in the pools in uh, PLSX. So you could stake Pulse versus Bridge and Ethereum, which would be EETH. You could stake uh, you know, anything versus anything else and, and get rewarded with a percentage of the fees plus an extra incentive token, depending on what pair you're on. It's going to be interesting to see where people choose to actually stake their stuff because there's so many options. And right now you can see this. So like if you go onto the if you go to pulsechain.com and you click uh, some of the links right there at the top, you can see what coins people are staking on now in the test net. You can see what prices the coins have in the test net. There's a lot of really interesting data going on there. And there's actually a ton of transactions. Like people are using the test net a lot. That's a good sign. Yeah. It's crazy. I've never seen a test net so busy to tell the truth. I don't think there is a test net, test net more busy. users or how many transactions right now? Oh God, there's like millions of transactions. I don't know exactly how many users. I never looked that up, but there's an, like an unreasonable amount of transactions. How it's many crazy. TPS? Uh, I mean, you get four times more than Ethereum just from the block speed increase from three seconds, three seconds from 13 seconds. And then uh, I'm not sure where the gas is going to land on mainnet launch, but it's some, you know, you're at like four to 20 X what Ethereum is. It'll probably what be around BSC levels would be my guess. Do you like BSC? No, they've got problems. What makes, what makes Pulse Chain secure? Well, it's mostly Ethereum code. And the Ethereum code, people have lost so much money on it that they already know where the bugs were, and now it's pretty safe. So, but when Ethereum merges over to proof of stake because it's currently proof of work. Well, first off, do you believe that proof of work is more secure than proof of stake? No, I don't. Which is why you see proof of work networks have more problems than proof of stake networks. Okay. It's that easy. The only proof of work network that doesn't have huge problems is kind of like the really gigantic ones. All the smaller ones have huge problems because they get right. attacked with rented hash from nice hash. What about what about when Ethereum merges over to proof of stake? Will Hex or will Pulse Chain still be secure? Well, they're totally unrelated. So if, if Ethereum just went offline, well, Hex will be affected. The original Hex on the Ethereum network will be affected by anything that improves or screws up the Ethereum network. The hex that is copied for free onto the Pulse Chain network, along with all of the other ERC-20s of the world, uh, it is totally unaffected 
by anything that happens on the Ethereum network. Totally, totally irrelevant. Ethereum and Bitcoin and all of the other cryptocurrencies of the world can be turned off. It will have no effect on Pulse Chain. But if you're built on top of something, yes. Pulse Chain is totally unrelated to Ethereum at all. It uses the same code base. So it's like if, if, if Bitcoin Cash goes down, how does that affect Bitcoin? Doesn't. They're, to, they're different networks. This is the same thing. Like if, if, okay. if Paul, the difference is that Bitcoin Cash didn't add any actual features that anyone cared about to Bitcoin. So it's, a, <laughs> it's uh, the other problem is that they gave away too many free coins. In Pulse Chain, the Ethereum guys do not get a free ride. The ERC20 guys get a free ride. But the Ethereum guys are getting diluted by 1.2 million X. So the supply of Pulse is inflated by 1.2 million fold. And all of that supply was given to people that sacrificed to support freedom of speech and or donated money to the Sense Foundation for medical research. And so, and there's $27 million raised for medical research through that, by the way. Best guy in crypto right here. What, what raised kind $27 of, million for charity. What kind, well, they, of, um, what kind of research? They research everything. So they do uh, Alzheimer's, cancer, uh, basically everything that sucks as you get older. Okay. So, and it all yeah. sucks. Like everything's going to kill you eventually. Like the rate yeah, at my which knees you hurt. There my you go. wrists hurt. I'm old. Yeah, it sucks. Getting old sucks. So, what, what, what was the question? The question. Oh, the, was, if the supply. The supply. So the Bitcoin Cash guys gave 180 thousand free Bitcoin Cash to the Mt. Gox trustee that can only sell by law. Can't buy. Can only sell. And so he dumped it along. He dumped 40 thousand Bitcoin Cash. 40 thousand Bitcoin. Might even be 47 thousand. And uh, murdered those prices in 2018. And how was that good for anybody? It wasn't good for anybody. Maybe it was good for the Mt. Gox trustee and the people that he owes money to, which are the, the, the creditors to the Mt. Gox company. But like, it wasn't good for the price. And so I just designed superior systems. In our system, the Ethereum guys aren't going to be able to dump on us because Vitalik, who has 300,000 Ethereum, is getting basically $30 worth of Ethereum sacrifice. So if Vitalik had like sacrificed 30 bucks on day one for Pulse Chain, he would have... Uh, he would have got like a double size stack in, in addition to his like 300,000 Ethereum or whatever, which is worth like a billion dollars at the top. But you have to do it for each address, each, each Ethereum address you have, correct? No, um, I don't know what you mean. Okay, so I have probably like 100 different MetaMask Ethereum based addresses yep. with different coins on each one yep. because for OPSEC and stuff like sure. that. Sure, So if I want to go ahead and register for HEC, or excuse me, for Pulse Chain, wouldn't I have to? Um, use every single address to get my coins duplicated on. Well, no, it's all free. It's all or, instant. Or you don't have to do anything. They already exist there, whether you know about it or not. Whether on you, every single address. Yes, that's right. The entire network system state gets copied over. Every single thing you had there, you'll have here. And your okay. keys that work there will work here. So you don't have to do anything. If you want to come and participate, if you want to like, if you get some free ERC-20s or PRC-20s and you want to sell them, well, probably you'll want to go on your MetaMask Go to pulsechain.com, click switch networks. It's going to bring you over to the new network and, you know, do what you want. Sell, buy, stake. You could million, million options. And yes, you would have to do that for every address for this very, you wanted your addresses to be separate. So you made it more labor by design. And then yes, you would have to do the same, the same laborious uh, isolation that you wanted. You also get on this side. So whatever work you had to do over there, you have to do over here because it's an identical copy of system state. What about NFTs? Everything. So now here's the apes, here's the interesting question. Apes, do they get copy pasted on on Pulse Chain? It depends on what you think your ape is. If your ape is what was on the Ethereum chain, then yes. 
If your ape is what somebody else's server says, I don't know, because we're not copying their server. We're copying the chain. That's going to be very, very interesting to see how those NFTs mm-hmm. get merged over. If you, so if you bought someone's NFT on the Ethereum network, I would suggest that you ask for the Pulse Chain copy as well, because it would suck to see them sell that same thing to two different people. Well, you can't just kind of ask somebody that's anonymous. Yeah, well, maybe they need to add uh, another drop-down box on their centralized sales server over at OpenSea there, you know, um, like... Because it's it's real. Like if I if I were to buy an NFT, I would want that on both chains. I wouldn't want to see the guy that sold it to me then go sell the other one to somebody else. And I've got to be like, well, which one of them is more valuable? You know. Well, what about so that because um, I had somebody um, give me some topics to, mm-hmm. to ask you, and I went over and I'm adding more. But they mentioned something about the pulse chain sacrifice. Is that with somebody? Is that basically somebody taking a little bit of their money that they have on Ethereum and buying some pulse chain so that they can go ahead and get the airdrop? Well, you can't you can't buy it because it doesn't exist. So, or hacks. So what I did was, so let's take pulse chain, right? If you were to go to the Sense Foundation and say, hey, I want to donate to you guys. And they would go, okay, uh, you know, what's your name? What's your, what's your address? All right, here's an address to send to. And then you send to that address. Then they create a spreadsheet and that those people are going to get free pulse chain coins. If you're a normal PRC 20 user, you're going to get all your free copies. If you're a normal Ethereum user, you're going to get all your free copies. And then of this special select group of people that either sent their money to an address to support free speech or sent their money to the Sense Foundation to support medical research, those people are the only people that get the free uh, pulse chain. I guess there's 1% to an address you can't have an expectation of, but 99% goes to the people that sacrificed. And so, I mean, it raised billions of dollars. Um, you know, if you looked at the combined uh, total of the pulse chain sacrifice and pulse X sacrifice, at some point there was like 660 million of stable coins sitting there. Uh, it's a lot of participation, you know, 130,000 unique addresses. What happens if somebody has, let's say somebody has a bunch of stable coins on a centralized exchange mm-hmm. earning passive income, but they yep. want to go ahead and, you know, do the copy pasta with the... You got to have them in um, your own wallet. You got to have it in, in your own your wallet. Own. Yeah, you're just making an exchange rich. Exchange is going to get that copy, not you. And usually they won't give it to you. They're just going to screw you out of, of co- it. Of course they're not going to give it yeah. to you. As I remember, mm-hmm. oh my God, what was it? There was... Oh, it was, remember back in 2017 when they were doing all those crazy airdrops, yeah. like when they had Neo and gas Bitcoin and stuff like that? Yeah, a lot of Bitcoin, everything, So you would, if your stuff was on an exchange, you weren't given access. Okay, yep. that makes sense. Now. Yeah, they just keep, you keep it. You keep talking about free speech. Can you explain mm-hmm. what, what, what you mean by that? Because is that a tech thing? Is that, are well, you referring right. to real free speech? What are you referring, like, what are you referring to? We are at all-time high levels of censorship. You Correct. will have your account removed from social media by an AI bot. I've been banned off of YouTube four or five times now. Uh, I've been banned off Instagram once, but I was hackers. I've been banned off Facebook just because I didn't want to send them my ID. Uh, I've been banned. Uh, I've been banned from like almost every forum I participate in because I flex too hard. People hate it. So like, oh by the way, I've got a big flex coming soon, big one. If you thought the world's biggest, the world's Biggest diamond and uh, best performing asset, 10,000x in two years. And uh, I even have my PP size on my video description here. I won't say it in case kids are watching your side. Well, you, know, you want to know what I think the biggest flex is? Tell me. 27 the million biggest, charity? 
yeah, as a man nice. that, that's actively giving to charities that support yeah. uh, mental health for children and support DVSA survivors. That's the biggest flex. Mental health's a big deal. I know a lot of crazy people, and it's no fun. <laughs> it's no fun. Like, you know, you'd al- I would almost rather be dead than just straight up lose my mind. Like, depends on the level of psychosis, I guess. Um, yes, yeah, that's the end game. Like, like, healing human beings is the end game. I also give away free self-help books. And I've been doing that since before anyone knew I was in crypto. I also do self-help videos. Like I am the giving tree of crypto. I call the top on the day for free. I, I'm a, when you get over the hubris and the bragging, because bragging is all that people appear to respond to. If being yeah, humble sure worked better, oh my God, I would be humble. Like, but it doesn't. So I have to come out here and dress like a clown constantly. I'm wearing two watches. This one's 750000 This one's 600000 Why? So people like me more. Fine. That's what you guys want. That's what you get. Um, or if you're not going to like me, hate me and at least actively hate me. So the AI sees the engagement and shows my stuff to more people. Cause the AI doesn't care whether you give positive or negative engagement. It just sees engagement. So right. back to free speech with free speech. It is not fair that there are words I can't say on the stream or the stream will get yanked. That's not right. fair. And so, you know, if people are willing to sacrifice their money to show that they support that belief, that speech is a protected human right and that blockchains are speech, and so they should be protected as well. And blockchains are under attack. I agree e- with the you. EU just passed the, a law that, that harms blockchains. It's not good. So uh, now with freedom of movement, you know, something happened which made it so that you weren't allowed to go where you wanted to go anymore or see who you wanted to see anymore. Now that sounds a lot like imprisonment to me. That sounds a lot like kidnapping to me. This sounds like something that isn't okay. So... You know, I'm, I'm rewarding people that have political beliefs that align with my own. And uh, as time goes on, we have other things on the roadmap like nation state. I think you can make a better nation. It's going to be God awful hard. So maybe the time frame is like five or six years from now. But why not? You know, why not carve out a special economic zone? That's how Shenzhen started. That's how Hong Kong started. Get a special economic zone somewhere and bang it out, you know, do something miraculous there. So that's on the roadmap too. Um, but stable coin and wallet and uh, open to replacement, things like that will come before that just because they're, they're easier, quicker, probably even more profitable to tell the truth. When you're talking about starting your own nation, how mm-hmm. would that look like? Now I'm curious about that. Well, you've got, your options are you can try and do a physical thing. There was a good Netflix documentary on this Indian dude who started a religion, moved out into the middle of nowhere, and then got into an argument with the locals there. And then eventually it went real sideways. So like they imported a bunch of homeless people to try and win an election. And then they didn't realize that homeless people are extremely hard to help because they're mentally ill usually. And then they tried to like drug them (laughs) against their own knowledge to like make them more chill. And like, it, it, all, it all went extremely sideways for these guys in the 70s. And then, uh, <laughs> so you would have to, I mean, there are historic records of people making it work. So we've got, like, the, there's a little Italy in New York. There's a, a little Puerto Rico. There's a little, a lot of things. You know, Miami, there's places where you can just talk Spanish and that's it. There is no English. There's just Spanish. So in America, we do have pockets of, of successful cultures operating. And then the question is, you know, how do you extract yourself from the parts of the nation that you don't like? Maybe you don't like supporting the military industrial complex. Maybe you don't like supporting some of these uh, 
encumbrances on freedom of speech and freedom of movement, well, then you need to control your physical location. And there's limited options to do that. The easiest one is a special economic area, like the free zones and like Cologne, Panama, or Shenzhen in China, or Hong Kong, or, and then you get, you know. Barbados? I'm not sure if Barbados has a free port or not. Maybe. Um, but you have to negotiate with someone that has the land and to say, look, we're going to have different rules on this land. And you're going to sign off, on, sign off on that. And then you make a go of it, you know. And usually it's easy to attract people into these types of arrangements because of tax advantages. People are very sensitive to tax, particularly companies. So your other option is seasteading, where you just try and get a bunch of boats together. And it's a lot harder to do. So you get a bunch of boats together. All right, well, where are you going to get your supplies? You want steak? All right, well, the steak is made on land. That's where the cows are. So how does the steak get to you? Another boat brings it to you from land? Like, it just gets... I haven't seen any successful even attempts at seasteading. I have seen lots of special economic areas do well. So I, I would probably attack it from a special economic area perspective. But it's, I mean, look, this is four or five years out. Like, Pulse Chain will likely have a, a million plus happy users long before, you know. I don't think people understand the hurricane that's coming for them. Imagine that you can now trade the same tickers, the same code, on a faster, cheaper network for free. I mean, we've seen airdrops be wildly successful to tiny little pockets of the population. Uniswap was just airdropped to Uniswap users. There was maybe 40,000 of them at the time. It's worth billions. Um, and like, this is the world's largest free airdrop. I am saving everybody else's community from the horror of Ethereum gas fees. And I think it's going to be wildly successful. And it's also gatekept. You haven't heard about it from, have you heard about it on Coindesk? Have you heard about it on Cointelegraph? Have you heard about it in the newspaper? Now, oh, I can no, tell we you. Ta we, we talked about this last time that you're, that Hex was kind of being suppressed. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they got used to doing it and now they're, they're doing it with Pulse. But here's the thing. The difference Ooh, are is. Are you going to do your own? Are you going to do your own coin tracker? Like your own. Like, someone already um, did it. Somebody already did it. But I would get around okay. to it. Sure. If they didn't. We have to see how well theirs does. Um, okay. So like the, the, the issue is. See, but from my perspective, like. I'm, I'm a coins that I invented maximalist and people are building on top of my products and they are building cool stuff. There are layer two things on hacks, which are cool that I don't talk about, but they're actually cool. So somebody like sold fractions in a, uh, maxed out gigantic hex stake so that you could still have liquidity and like trade it, but still be having a, a giant long stake. Cool idea. Right. Um, you know, another guy, uh, gave away a free token to people for how long they stake. So he's giving you an incentive to stake. Cool idea, right? Like these are, these are two things which add value to the ecosystem. But because they have tickers tied to them, even though they're cool, if people find out about it on their own, fine, but I'm not gonna advertise them over the tickers I invented. I like the tickers I invented the most, you know? Um, and so it's like Vitalik. How often do you hear Vitalik talking about ERC-20s? Never. He doesn't yield farm. He doesn't talk about ERC-20s. His coins just sit there. And so what he does is he tries to pump his bags and what he has bags of are Ethereum. And so he talks about Ethereum. You know, people tend to talk about what they've got in their bag. Now here's what's interesting about Pulse. Ivan on tech, sacrifice for Pulse. Rand Neuer, sacrifice for Pulse. BitBoy, sacrifice for Pulse. I think everybody sacrificed for Pulse. I'm talking, crypto face, everybody. The moon Carl. I know 100% that these guys sacrifice for Pulse. 
which means it's going to be in their bag, which means they might talk about it. And this is something that wasn't the case with Hex. You know, most of these guys didn't have any Hex. And, and also, Hex was only given to Bitcoin uh, people for free. $500 million of Hex at uh, last week's price, or maybe like I think it was 20 cents, uh, $500 million worth of Hex was given for free to Bitcoin holders. I don't get a lot of thanks for that. It really pisses me off. I call the top on the day for these guys. I give them exclusively free coins. I allow them to earn yield without counterparty risk, something that Bitcoin can't do. I allow them to have on-chain exchange trading without counterparty risk, something you can't do with Bitcoin. I give these guys the world and they treat me like crap. It absolutely well, blows makes, my mind. If it makes you feel any better, Bitcoin maximalists are just not very nice people in general. And they're very nasty to me as well. So, so now I'm giving everyone else free coins except them. Sorry, guys. Now... The whole Ethereum network gets free coins. Bitcoin guys don't. You guys had your chance. How are you making fees free on Pulse Chain? Well, the fees will go up over time, just like Ethereum fees did. It is a supply and demand issue. We do start with tons more supply, and we do start with tons less demand because it takes time to go from you know maybe 150,000 up to the millions of users that Ethereum has. Um, but it's basically just free because you don't have the negative externalities of having to buy mining equipment and then uh, destroy the environment with electricity costs. And so it's, they're much less expensive to run. And then there's so much extra space with so many, uh, with so much fewer users that you end up with like paying pennies instead of, it's gonna cost pennies to swap on Pulse Chain instead of $30 to swap on Uniswap currently. And we've seen it as high as $300, so. Oh, I've, I've, please, I've, I made a post a while back about it because I pay, you know, I've got employees, I've got people I got to pay, yep. I've got their families to feed, people do different stuff for me, different services. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I want to send a transaction, I think I wanted to swap something. I needed to swap like $2,000 of a moon bag I had because I wanted to pay somebody. Mm -hmm. And it was like freaking $2,000. It was like more expensive yeah. for me to swap that, the, the, the gas fee. Yep. So it's just, you know, it's just a little bit frustrating. I feel like yep. that's why we have such a problem with mass adoption is because we're not quite ready there yet. But then again, at the same time, it's still a new technology. And maybe maybe Pulse Chain will well, be the project to bring in mass adoption. In that particular case, the funny part is that you only have that high gas fee because of the adoption. So NFT adoption is what caused that gas spike because they don't, they're idiots and they don't know how to develop an on-ramping process. DeFi too. DeFi too. They incentivize people to front run each other. Why? So to make miners rich, why? Why do you care that one guy got in a second for another guy? Why would you do that? It's very easy to design around that. Like it's, it's if you're designing a, a system that enriches miners to get one guy to front run another guy by a second, you, you have done your game theory improperly. My projects have never had that problem because they're designed smarter. You don't have to reward people for being one second earlier. It's stupid. I've got two more questions for you before we go. Mm -hmm. One is a crypto question and one is a human question. All right. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, mention regarding Hex or Pulse Chain to the community? So I think, uh, I think people, if I were trying to, I think people are overvaluing what they're, how do I say this? If I had to pick a horse to back in the PRC20 copy world, it would be the PRC20 copy that had the most liquidity backing it up. And so because the majority because so many participants in the sacrifice sets were probably hexagons to start with, um, or otherwise just knew of me. I mean, my gut feeling is that the most liquid coin, at least at the start on the Pulse Chain network would probably be Hex or maybe Pulse or maybe 
Paul Sachs, one of these three, right? Because they're like, they're kind of tied to me. Um, like, because I founded them. And then these other, so I know people that are like, or I've heard of people that are like grouping up ERC-20s while I'm bearish on the market as a whole. Well, I don't understand that. Like, how long do you want me to be bearish? I believe in the 85% dip, guys. I think Ethereum will drop 85%. I think Bitcoin will drop 85% from their highs. I think Bitcoin will go down to 11,000. I don't know why you'd be long those things. So, you know, I, I think Hex is amazing. I think Pulse X is amazing. I think Pulse Chain is amazing. We'll see how the incentive token does. Hopefully it does well. It's the LP reward incentive token. Um, and so I wouldn't, you know, f for me, like if you have, I don't know why you would accumulate an ERC-20 in the hopes of getting your PRC-20 without knowing that someone wants to buy that PRC-20, I, I would want to see liquidity, right? So I would go on the test net and look for activity and be like, you know, what ERC-20s are people using? And for instance, like we had more, we had a lot of SHIB sacrifices. And so I know parts of their, we had like $3 million of SHIB sacrifice. Okay, well, I know that at least those guys, some part of their community knows about what's happening and therefore is more likely to participate and maybe add liquidity. And, and therefore, I would feel more certain that that PRC20 might have more value than, than other ERC20s. And so I think like if you're trying to like, I just, I don't want people to get wrecked holding ERC20s when I'm bearish on Ethereum and ERC20s in general to wait for their pulse chain copies when like you could, I, I don't want to give trading advice. I have a right? solution. Yeah. Solution is make a moon bag. It's just de-risking and profit taking. And this is something I preach about. I don't care what project it is. I don't care how great you think project one, two, three is. I consistently take profit. I remove my initial, I remove a little bit of profit and I keep a moon bag and whatever happens with it happens. And I rinse and repeat and move it on to the next. <laughs> so you have that option because you bought early enough to have profit. There's some guys that didn't I, buy well, early right. enough to have profit. They're I just in a loss. <laughs> so they well, can take profit at a loss. That. <laughs> but it's also but it's also taught it's also risk management it's also practicing risk management and deciding and i always i talk to my audience about this and i'll always talk to them about it i don't care what you invest in you need to have a bullish plan and a bearish plan create a trading and create an investing plan cut you know you have to come up with this stuff because dollar cost averaging is great but at the same time when we're in a really shitty market like this it doesn't necessarily work as you've but, been around long enough that you know most of the stuff goes to zero here's the funny thing to me People are still trying to figure out whether we're in a bear market or not when I called the top a year and like a month or two ago. And it's like, how many more years do you guys need to realize that it's a bear market? Well, maybe we <laughs> like, just maybe we just keep calling for a bull market until the two-year cycle of bearishness right, happens and then, yeah. then it works out. So that's neither here nor there. I don't yeah. want to argue about that on this particular stream. Um, but I think that that's a good way to 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 run your business because that's the way that I run my stuff um, in my in my household as well. I'm very I'm very hands on when it comes to risk. Take, and take, what I, let's what I, let's look at how L1s have done. Luna was an L1, pumped right. hard. Avax, L1, pumped hard. Solana, L1, down all the time, pumped hard. Uh, Polygon, pumped hard. L1 historically. Polygon is L2. What's an L2s haven't done very well. I don't think well, these are all L1s, yeah. by the way. Like they'll tell, like Polygon will tell you it's an L2. It's not. It's a side chain. It's an L1. Okay. They say it's an L2, but it's really not. It's a, it's I should an, have it's them a side back chain. On again. Um, and and ours is just better than all theirs. When all those when all those things launched, you didn't get any free coins. When all those things launched, you have to use the bridge and stay encumbered there in horror mode forever. You don't get coins on the other side for free with no no bridge risk. Like, you know, ours ours done coin burning. 
in the, in the system. It's just like better in every way. It's just so beautiful. So I end and it's gate kept like hell. So it's, people are going to get hit by the hurricane. Why do you think, why do you think Hex was able to do the returns that it did? Because well, it was gate kept like hell. Really, well, not necessarily that. It, <clears throat> well, I'll argue with you. I'll argue with you a little sure. bit on that. Hex, the Hex community is very passionate. So they talk about it a lot. So that's why, and that's why you're here on the show is Bob, on behalf of the Hex community, I get the emails, I get the DMs, I get the mentions, and I listen. I'm one of those, I guess people call me an influencer, which I'm just, a, I'm a mom, I'm a content creator, I talk about my kind of journey in crypto, but I, I listen to people and I care about other people and what their thoughts are, even though if I, I might disagree. So I don't want to say Hex is gate, super gatekept because people talk about it. <laughs> Bro, we're on page three of CoinMarketCap for two and a half years with 100% perfect, quite, flawless that's operation. Them. That's them. Yeah, that this is like CoinMarketCap is straight up lying about our position in the market cap ranks for years to the point where Hexagon sued them with a class action lawsuit and they've been dodging the process server. And they finally allowed alternate process. Uh, I mean, the gatekeeping is so real, so real. It's like... It, I don't want to say it's gatekeeping. I want to say what they're doing is they're just censoring you guys. I feel like censorship would be a better term than sure. gatekeeping. Yeah. Because the Hex community is very proud about bullshit. They're proud about Hex. They're proud of you. I mean, crypto in general is gatekept to death. You, if you try and put an advertisement for a cryptocurrency into the world, they will decline it and remove it. Yes, who did that, though? License exchanges that victimize you that have licenses to do no, so. No, it's the people that are the people in crypto that got in super early that are dicks to everybody else and mistreat other people that are not necessarily as tech smart or not necessarily mm -hmm. um, come from where where they come from or have money, and they yeah. they're the ones that are doing that. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean we are able to route around this gatekeeping to some degree. We had a Daytona NASCAR. We had uh, I guess that car was in another race as well. Um, can't remember it off the top of my head. Talladega, maybe. And then, uh, you know, we've had now, we've got two uh, Hex and Pulse chain race cars in the GT series in the UK. We had a, a, a Hex 3,500 horsepower. That's 3,500 horsepower Lamborghini win a uh, TX 2022 race in uh, Texas, 233.5 and a half mile. And that's miles per hour, 233.5. Do you remember the calculation in trigonometry for to calculate miles per second or miles per whatever? I don't. I know gravity is 9.8, 9.8, oh crap, I don't. <laughs> is it 9.76? Fuck, I don't remember. 9.72 meters per second squared? Eh, I don't remember. I don't remember terminal velocity. Oh well, not, not the terminal velocity is. Anyway, I, I can tell you this. The, the rate at which you fall as a human being maxes out, I believe, at 200 kilometers an hour. I know that. So those are the most recent interesting weird thing I looked up. I'm in Mensa. Like, I'm supposed to be smart, but if you don't use it, you do you do forget it after a while. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. I, have, I have one more question for you, no. but I want to first shout these people out. Shout out to Cryptologia for the super chat. Shout out to Morris. And shout out to David, and also shout out to the Self Care Lab from Pomona, California. Support them. Um, the the owner is a family marriage therapist that uses boxing as a form of mental health 
therapy. And we, that's a, that's one of the charities I support on my website. So if any, any hexakin is listening to this and you guys know of a spot, a facility, Pomona, Claremont, Laverne in California, please let us know. We've been kicked out of our home and we are currently, we've been looking like crazy for a new home for our children and we, our babies, they need a home and they deserve better. So I had to do that. Wendy, and, how do you feel yes. about getting free copies of all of your coins? On a new channel. I think I'll do that and I'll donate them. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. It's really awesome. Right. I, I think it's really awesome. I think it's a cool concept, but yeah. I've got one final question for you. Sure. It's non-crypto related. Are you game? Yeah, good. Right. I'll talk about anything, man. I, I got my PP size on my channel description. Like, I'm talking about anything. Okay. Changing topics here for a bit, a little bit. Um, what is your solution for homelessness? And the reason why I'm asking you that is because you brought it up. It's primarily a function of mental illness, and so it's extremely hard to solve because homelessness isn't actually its own problem. It's, it's a mental illness problem. And the okay. only solution we have for mental illness is meds, and we have very low compliance rates with meds. Okay. I was hanging out with a girl last night. She was manic, extremely happy, extremely talkative, couldn't pay attention, very happy, very fun. But I'm like, I could tell something changed. I'm like, did you, did you? you know, change your dosage. It's like, yeah, I've been increasing my dosage. I'm like, you know, uh, if you do that, you're going to run out. Like your, your doctor, you need to work with your doctor on that. They're just not going to let you, you are not the person to manage your doses. And then she was telling me about like how four months ago she was going to kill herself because she'd got off her meds. She didn't think she needed them anymore. Mm -hmm. And then after, after they like get out of your system, now you're into like wrecked, like you're super depressed mode. And your brain tries to find a way out of it. And it's like, oh, I'll kill myself. That's a way out. And then luckily, uh, she got back on her meds again. And I, I, know an, I know a disproportionate number of mentally ill people to the point where I think I attract mentally ill people. I don't know what's going on here. Or, well, the, or they're the hot ones. I don't know what the deal is. Like, well, there's, there's, a, there, there's a lot to digest in there, and we can speak about that at another time because it's kind yeah. of a long conversation. Yeah. But generally, people who attract others with mental illness, they're healers mm. um, because they, they feel that energy and they want, they want help, and they, don't know how to, and they don't know how to communicate that they need help. So right. they gravitate towards people who are healers that, that are able to kind of um, yep. translate them. For, so for example, my sister, she has... Growing up, she had really bad ADHD. We thought it was ADHD, but now as an adult, I really think it's autism because she's having a lot of problems, you know, doing a lot of things that we take for granted that we can right. do on our own. And as growing up, she she was always very close to me all the time because she would make noises or she would, you know, say something and it didn't make sense, but I was able to figure, to translate what it meant. Right. Uh, that's a cool insight. I never, I never really thought about that. I give off a dad vibe. And I think that's I probably take what it is. People. And they're probably like, he can yeah. help me or he can yep. understand what I'm saying and not be an asshole. Yep. And I, and I let's really face it, most people help. with money are dicks. Yeah. True. In crypto, especially in yeah. crypto. Yeah. I mean, but so that, okay. It's a little bit unfair because it's skewed because we notice the dicks. There's a bunch of quiet guys that are totally chill and cool that we just never notice because they're not being dicks. So basically like most, most altcoiners are Bitcoiners. And most Bitcoiners are actually cool. But because the laser eye guys that are so disrespectful and ungrateful, and I got to come slap those guys around. So like when Bitcoin's crashing, you're going to see me tweet a lot about it. But Ethereum's crashing just as hard, but you don't see me savaging those guys, you know? So I'll savage the Bitcoin guys because they deserve that shit. Like you, look, you know what? Hey, moderate Bitcoin guys, if you want me to stop savaging you, 
why don't you back me up with your psycho squad of idiots that says stupid things constantly, like Bitcoin's well, deflationary. Well, if it makes you feel any better about it, um, Bitcoin. Uh, if it makes you feel any better about it, um, I've actually I was verbally harassed at Bitcoin 2022, and that's never happened to me at a at an altcoin event. And there was a couple other girls that experienced harassment and sexual harassment at that event, which was not you know it it shouldn't happen to men or women, but it was just very interesting that it was like a total of four of us all women that experience that at a Bitcoin event, which I, I won scammer happened. of the year for the second year in a row. Oh, did you? Yeah. Congratulations. Awesome? <laughs> you know who my competition was Elon Musk. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yo, this is cool. I beat the con like, so Elon Musk is a scammer to you guys. You guys are so stupid. <laughs> What is wrong with you guys? Like the guy that like allowed you to use Bitcoin to buy cars and like bought a billion and a half of it, he's a scammer to you guys. Now look, he promotes some things that aren't optimal technology, but my God, talk about trying to alienate dudes. Like, like <laughs> it's so stupid. Well, that's to one me. of the reasons why we don't have adoption is because of toxicity. Because let me tell oh you something. God. One of the things I learned working in healthcare, and I worked in a very very diverse um, healthcare community. I worked in HIV/AIDS, infectious disease, and one of the things about that particular area is that. It does not discriminate, doesn't care who you are, or where you come from. Um, you, you know, generally people with diabetes, it's predisposed. It's a genetic thing, whatever, whatever you know, de it depends or if you eat very, very unhealthy. But when we're talking about HIV AIDS, anybody can get it if you practice, you know, certain things. There so is a there is a strong skew to gay guys getting it, though. Well, gay guys have like four to one the rate of AIDS. Well, it, well, that's because there, there's a lot of addiction. Because their butts in bleed is why. Well. Not necessarily, but there's a lot of addiction that has them participate in risky um, activity. But funny enough, we used to get a lot of straight guys that would come into our facility and say, well, I accidentally did this. Oh, I need yeah. a test. Yeah, dude. We, would get, we, we, we <laughs> get a lot of those, a lot of really rich guys that would come in and do that. You need a um, test for that, a friend, but the friend is you. You're like, all right. <laughs> no, well, they, I accidentally <laughs> let somebody do this to me, and it was a boy. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. that's fine. We don't care. We're not yeah. we're here to help you. But anyways, back yeah. to my point. Yeah. My point is, is in the particular community, that I served, I serviced two to 300 patients per month. Yeah. And we had different, all these different cultures and all these people with different backgrounds that would come in, men, women, yeah. gay, straight, whatever it was. And one of the things I had to do um, to get to, cause I did um, patient adherence. I made sure my clients took their medication or got, you know, went to where they needed to go. So I had to learn how to speak and to communicate with different cultures. And one of the things I noticed with this is that if you want to get somebody to do something that's good for their health, you have to figure out how to listen, to be respectful. Care about. Huh? Yeah, exactly. And that's what I would always ask them. I knew their regiments. I knew their partners' names. I knew their animals' names. I knew if they had kids, their ex-wives, all of that business. Um, the solution to mental family. illness is better pills or better adherence. And that's it. And that's the same well, solution there is to the homeless. No, mental illness, there's a there's a lot of, a, like, we can have a whole entire separate stream It, on it depends on how crazy you are. It, the, you can do, like, CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy does get results for bipolar people. You know what helped me? But, like... Probably therapy. No, therapy was the worst thing that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Worst thing, the most uh, detrimental thing. Tell me. I have seen probably over thirty therapists, and the only therapist I was able to resonate with was my boxing coach, mm. because we use boxing as a form of mental health therapy, and we also did other other different types of things. She also had a very not the exact same childhood as I did, but a lot of traumatic things that we both encountered, I was able to relate to her because a lot of these people with these fancy degrees, they feel that they're up here and you're down here. And that doesn't work with me as I'm not interested in being. I think there's a lot of therapists that are bad at their job. They're lot. terrible. Yeah. But what worked for me was doing positive affirmations and that helped. I look, 
therapist. I like, I'm a, I'm, I trained to be a life coach. I've walked on burning coals, jumped off telephone poles, whatever, done all this various exciting crap and studied it. If you pay someone money to go and talk about stuff that sucks for an hour every week, that's one bad hour you're going to have every week. Mm-hmm. When you talk about stuff that sucks, that sucks, when you focus on stuff that sucks, when you use your body in a disempowering way with low energy, low movement, it all sucks. You're going to have suck outcome. If you look at people that are healthy, they eat healthy. If you look at people that have great bodies, they move around more. Success leaves clues. And so if you want the mental health, emotional health, physical health that those people have, you got to do the stuff they do. They dance, they move, they compete, they, they twerk. are social. I twerk. I love, it's fun. I don't know that many moves. I got one good one. Um, and it sure is funny. <laughs> I would, should I do it for you now? Yeah, do no. it. Should I? Can I do this? Let me see if I can get it. Okay. So fine. I love it. Thank you. That's why you came here. My PP size is in the video description. You knew something terrible was happening. It happened to you. You earned it. Well, if you're still watching after two hours, you earned that. Um, yeah. So like, if you, if you focus on what sucks, you're going to have a bad time. You need to focus on what you want. And that's why positive affirmations is better than talking about stuff that sucks and hoping that that somehow works. Talking about stuff that sucks doesn't actually work. Correct. It does not. Doing the right thing works. T- talking about not cake makes you fat. Talking about broccoli makes you healthy. Eating broccoli makes you healthy. Talking about not cake, you'll just eat a bean cake. So cake is good though i mean i really i i really enjoy the chat is going crazy right now i had to check <laughs> yeah my chat's also going crazy dude i love it <laughs> <laughs> hashtag my life savings is in this man's hands no um. <laughs> well i want to actually thank you coming on thank you for your time uh, today coming on and chatting with us it was a very fun experience um again you guys this is not an endorsement i just like talking to very interesting people and i actually happen to like richard first personality he's a very fun person to talk to Excellent. i generally don't i i have a really and i don't know if it's because when i lived in hollywood <clears throat> but just dudes with money kind of bother me because they're dicks and i just That's don't i don't man. like yeah, I'm just not interested in that. I like people that are nice people, and I, I, you seem like a very nice person. <laughs> Thank you. I, I try. I do all this money stuff because it lets me change the world in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to collect. I've got $9 million of wristwatches I don't set the time on. I don't actually want to enslave people in Geneva to build these stupid things, but I'm just doing anything I can to get people to notice me so that I can bring them to a better place. You know, I, I published a self-help book. Not many people have read it, even in my own community. I got so much more to do, you know? Like... You can't influence people unless they notice you. So I'm out here trying my best and, and the only ways I know how to, to make the world a better place. Well, I appreciate your time. I hope to have you on the show again it's been great. Um, to talk to us about some other stuff. But anyways, before we get going here, anything, any final words you would like to so give the go, go to Go to pulsechain.com. Try the test net. It's free. It's fun. It works now. Copy of all your coins are already there. If We, we took that snapshot months ago. Um, so your copy that you have will be months old. Uh, PulseX.com, nice. Uh, Hex.com, very, very awesome. My free self-help books, t.me slash survive, like survive through science. Uh, sends.org, if you want to support medical research. Uh, please follow me on uh, Instagram, Instagram.com slash Richard Hart Official. Twitter.com slash Richard Hart Win. That's where I'm most active. And uh, YouTube.com slash Richard Hart. I think that covers it. 
Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on your channel and thank my you pleasure. for coming on my channel. Thank um, you. you guys, make sure to, to, I have to do the cringy outro, do so it. you have to bear with me. It's all good. Make sure to smash that like, like, comment, subscribe, set alerts. And I hate doing that because that's not me, but like you said, Gotta you do, do the rich guy stuff Gotta because people it. like it. Yep. I just like to be myself because I'm kind of a hood bitch, but people don't <laughs> like that. So I am... Um, you know, whatever, because I come from like the rocker background, the streets, whatever. Um, but anyways, I will see you guys later. I'll probably drop a little video on Luna.